Well, can you believe we are already one month into 2019? I can't believe it. Wow. Are you ready? Because ready or not, we are, all, we are already in. <laughs> but you know what? I am excited because it is going to be a great, great year. I really have this excitement on the inside for this year and all that God is going to do. Anybody else excited about this year? Awesome. Great. And I am excited about Bridge Women in this year because in this term of Bridge Women, which will run from now through the end of April, we are launching into a new study and we're doing something we've never done before at Bridge Women. In the past at Bridge Women, our studies have always been theme-based, but we are going to, in this term, do a book study. And it's going to be based out of this book by Priscilla Shire entitled Fervent. And how many of you saw the movie War Room? Yeah, awesome movie. This book stemmed out of that movie. Priscilla Shire is the one that starred in that movie. And she wrote this book. And um, she's just an amazing woman of God. And if you saw the movie, it just, and if you didn't, I just really encourage you to see the movie. It's a couple years old, but it's awesome. And it just really shows the power of prayer and what prayer can do in our lives, in our marriages, in our families. And it's just awesome. So that the book really continues on that theme of prayer and just a fervent prayer, seeing God do the miraculous in our lives through prayer. So I am excited. I am very expectant that we are all going to see God do the miraculous in our lives, that we are going to see our prayers answered. We are going to see God show up and do things beyond what we can even imagine. Anybody interested in that? All right. So what we're going to do tonight is the message tonight is really going to be an introduction to this series that we'll be doing over the next couple of months. And then after tonight's message, we'll give you a little bit more information about how you can get some of the optional tools to follow along with this study and how you can be a part and part of a group that's going through the study as well, okay? But right now, who came ready to hear from God? All right. Let's just open our hearts and let's pray together. And as I pray, I just encourage you to really, in your own heart, in your own words, pray and ask God to speak to you personally, okay? Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. And God, we just lay aside distractions. We lay aside the cares of, the life, cares of life and the busyness of today. God, right now, we fix our focus on you. And we ask you to speak to us through your word. Father, stir our hearts with your word, God. Do all that you want to do in our hearts and our lives tonight in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I have a question for you. Does anyone in this place like receiving gifts? Just a few of you? <laughs> I know, you're thinking I'm about to pass out gifts. I'm not. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you that because I want you to imagine with me that a huge delivery truck just pulled up in front of your house. And you opened the door and the 
delivery man came to the door and he said, we have some gifts in this truck for you. And as he's telling you about it, his crew starts bringing in one humongous box after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And he's telling you, in these boxes, these are gifts for you. They contain everything that you will ever need. These boxes contain provision for every single need you are facing. These boxes contain provision for your family and your loved ones, everything that they are in need of. These boxes contain wisdom for all the decisions that you need to make. These boxes contain answers for the questions that you have. And he begins to just continue on and just tell you that there's so many blessings, so much in these boxes, these gifts, beyond what you can even imagine, but everything that you will ever need. And as they bring them in, they fill beyond your front entry. They fill your front rooms of your house. They end up filling your entire house. And then they tell you to enjoy your gifts, and they leave. And you are left with this house full of amazing gifts. But you're really busy. And so you don't have time to open them all right then. So you push them aside and you make walkways so you can get through the house. Whoa, I thought something was landing. It's just the air conditioning. Okay. <laughs> we are near the airport, you know. Okay. <laughs> comes and you say, oh, I'm just, I'm too overwhelmed today with all the pressures of life. I just, I can't open them right now. And then the next day comes and, and you just think, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so doubtful that there's really anything in there that could really benefit me, that could really help me. And then the next day comes and you're feeling kind of insecure and you think, these gifts weren't intended for me. That, that truck, that delivery guy, they're going to show back up here any day now and say, whoops, wrong address. And they're going to come and they're going to pick these up. And then the next day, you're feeling rather independent. And you think, nobody else could provide for me what I need. I need to get out there. I don't have time to open these. I need to get out there. I need to provide for myself. I need to take care of myself and my family and do it on my own. And so day after day and week after week and month after month and even year after year, you walk past these gifts filling your house saying, someday, someday I'll open them. Someday I'll discover what has been given to me. But I want to ask you, by always waiting for another day, what are we doing to ourselves? We are pushing away. We are rejecting 
provision that has come to us. We are rejecting wisdom, answers that has come to us. By not opening them and always waiting for another day, what would we be doing to our families? We'd be pushing away, rejecting wisdom, provision, things that have come to be a blessing to them as well. And what would we be doing to the heart of the one who sent the gifts? The one who's called a hundred times and said, have you opened the gifts yet? We've said, no, no, I just haven't had time yet. We would be rejecting them. We would be pushing them away. And over time, we would be putting a wedge in our relationship. And you know what? Too often, this is a picture of our prayer lives. You see, God has given us promises. He's given us promises for ourselves and for our families, for our loved ones. God has given us wisdom. He's given us instructions on how to have our needs met. He's given us answers to our questions. God has blessings that he wants to load us down with. He wants to give us peace. He wants to give us all the provision that we need. But you know what? He's already done this. He's already provided these things. But prayer is what will unlock and unleash these things in our lives. Yet we say, well, someday I will access all that God has for me. Someday I will have a better prayer life. Someday I will learn to really pray and access all that God intended for me. I want you to hear what a couple of great fathers in the faith have said. John Wesley said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. If we want to see God work in our lives, it will come as a response to our prayers. Charles Spurgeon said, prayer moves the arm that moves the world. If we want to see God work in our lives, we need to become women who pray. Accessing all that God wants to do in our lives will come about through prayer. So at the onset of 2019, even though we're at, towards the end of January, it's still towards the beginning of 2019. And I think this is a good time for each of us to evaluate our prayer life. And I want to ask you to do that. I want to ask you right now to think within yourself, if you were to take an honest evaluation of your prayer life, would you say it's powerful? Would you say it is fresh and passionate? Are you excited about praying? Are you eager to pray? Are you totally confident of the power you have in Christ? Or would you maybe say that your prayer life is lacking a little bit? Would you say that some days it's filled with a combination of faith and doubt? Some days, do you wonder if God even hears you? Are your prayers more like complaints and whining to God than actual prayers? 
Do you pray only on occasion? Only at the dinner table? Are your prayers like a grocery list of requests? And then you're crossing your fingers just hoping that he'll answer one? Can I tell you that we all, and I'll put myself at the front of the line, we all have room for improvement in our prayer lives. And I want to tell you something. When there is weakness in our prayer life, when there's complacency in our prayer life, when busyness has kind of snuffed out our prayer life, first of all, I want to tell you, we've all been there, okay? And if you are experiencing weakness in any area of your prayer life, I want you to know that it is not because you are a bad person. It is not because you are a bad Christian. And it does not mean that you are a failure. There is absolutely no condemnation tonight. Because I want to tell you something. I want to tell you why we have weaknesses from time to time in our prayer lives. I want to tell you why sometimes we become complacent in our prayer lives. Or we allow busyness to push out our prayer life. I want to tell you why that happens. It happens because we have an enemy who does not want us to access everything that God has for us. And if we access what God has for us through prayer, then of course the enemy is going to try to snuff out our prayer lives. It only stands to reason, right? So take a deep breath. You're not a bad Christian. You're not a failure. The enemy is at work trying to sabotage our prayer lives. And we need to recognize that. He will do his best. He will do anything he can to weaken our prayer lives. He will try to get us too busy, too insecure, too tired, too independent, too full of doubts, too this, too that. The list will go on and on for miles. But we've got to make a decision to choose to stop letting him sabotage our prayer lives. It is time for us, girls, to rise up and take back the ground that he has taken from us. It's time for us to fight for what is rightfully ours and fight for our families, fight for our loved ones. It's time for us to experience the victorious life that God has for us, the victorious life he created us to live. And in order to do that... There are four very vital things that we have to understand. And I want us to talk about these four things. And as we do, we're going to cover a lot of scripture. And this really is the foundation for this series that we're launching into in this term of Bridge Women. So I want to encourage you, if you're a note taker, get out your notepad and pen, get out your phone, your tablet, whatever you take notes on. Because these are some foundational scriptures that we need to have in our hearts and know if we are going to be women who access what God has for us through prayer. All right? First thing is, we need to understand that we are in a real battle. Second thing, we have a real enemy. Thirdly, 
we've been given authority over that enemy. And fourth, it's up to us to strategically use that authority. Now, I want us to talk about each one of these four things in a bit more detail. So first of all, we are in a real battle. So if we're in a real battle, then the question is, are we going to fight? Or are we just going to lay down and be defeated? Sometimes we take the, what we think is the easy way out. We think, oh, it doesn't really matter. And we just lay down and let the enemy defeat us. I want you to think about this. Think about two opponents going into a boxing ring. And one has every advantage over the other one. In size, height, weight, strength, training, strategy. They even have the advantage of seeing the replay before the fight ever happened. And they get to see every move the opponent is going to make. And they get to see that they end up being victorious. So they go into the ring and just lay down. How ridiculous would that be? But you know, that's what many of us do. We've got to understand, we have been given every advantage. We've been given every tool We've been given all power and authority to defeat the enemy. We've been shown the replay because the word tells us all of the enemy's tactics, that he's a liar, that he will bring fear, that everything he does is contrary to the nature of God. And we see in the word that we are victorious, that we have authority over him, yet so often we refuse to fight. Girls, we've got to learn that it's okay to fight our true enemy, the, the devil. Not each other. <laughs> but it is time for us to fight with tenacity and persistence. Refuse to let him win. Refuse to let him have his way in our lives, in our families, in our homes. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking... I'm not really a fighter. I'm just too, I don't know. That's just too hard for me. That's out of my comfort zone. Let me ask you. If you were at the mall with your daughter or girls, your little sister, and a stranger came up to assault her, what would you do? Don't you tell me you're not a fighter. I know you are. I know you would do everything in your power to protect her. You would fight, you would kick, you would scream, you would do everything to protect her. How about if you were in a parking lot walking to your car and someone tried to assault you? What would you do? Oh, okay. I don't think so. Maybe you've never taken karate, but I have a feeling you would try out every karate move you've ever seen in any movie or TV show. <laughs> you would do everything you could. <laughs> every self-defense you've ever even heard of, <laughs> you would try out. We have it within us. God has wired us to fight the enemy, the true enemy.
But I want you to know, for those of you, wait, does anyone in here have a black belt? Can, would you tell us? Raise your hand, I wanna see, I'll be so impressed. I bet there's someone. Laura, of course, Laura. Okay, wait, is that you? I don't know where you are, Laura, but. Oh, there you are. All right, don't mess with her, ladies. Okay. <laughs> okay, so there's really good news for the rest of us. This is not a flesh and blood battle. <laughs> we don't have to have a black belt. We don't have to have all our jujitsu skills. This is not a flesh and blood battle. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, how many of you walk in the flesh? We live in flesh and blood bodies. We do not war according to the flesh. We do war. We are in a battle. But it is not with flesh. It is not with each other. We've got to realize that we are in a real battle. And it is not a fleshly battle. It is a spiritual battle. I have some dear friends who have a son who has just really struggled and battled with addictions. And they tried in every way they knew in the natural to fight that battle. But then they began to recognize that this is a spiritual battle. And they began to stand on the word of God. They began to pray. They chose to fight the spiritual battle. And after five plus years of standing on God's word, praying, believing, just within this last year, they have seen God show up in such a big way, answer those prayers, transform their son's life. They have seen God do the miraculous in their son's life. They recognized that this battle was not a natural battle. It was a spiritual battle. They fought in the spirit, and they saw God show up with his miracle-working power. Ladies, we've got to recognize we need to fight in the spirit. This is a spiritual battle that we live in. The enemy wants to try to sabotage our prayer lives, but we've got to rise up and say, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I am going to fight this battle. Amen? Amen. All right, so we are in a real battle. Secondly, we have a real enemy. In Ephesians 6, in verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, we see it again, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our enemy is the devil. Not a cartoon character with little horns and a pitchfork. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, Satan is the god of this world. This earthly, carnal, fallen world. And in 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is real. John 8, 44 tells us that he's a liar and he is the father of lies. That's what he does. 
He did it with Eve in the garden, and he's still doing it with us today. In Genesis, it tells us that he's cunning and shrewd. In Revelation 12.10, it says that he is our full-time accuser. That's what he does. So we just need to be aware of who he is. But we also need to be aware of who he's not. He's not flesh and blood. He is not that person who really annoys you. <laughs> he also, he is not God, and he is not God's equal. He is not God's peer or counterpart, okay? He is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere. He is not omniscient. He cannot read your mind. We need to be women who are aware of who he is. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to women who say, oh, oh I don't want to hear anything about the devil. Oh, no, it just makes me too uncomfortable. No, I can't talk about the devil. <laughs> we can't bury our heads in the sand. We need to be aware. Not so that we will be in fear. We have no reason to be in fear. Not so that we'll be overwhelmed by him, but also we can't be naive either. You see, if we don't recognize that we have an enemy, we will never exercise our authority over him. So we need to be aware that we have a real enemy. We're in a real battle. We have a real enemy. And thirdly, we've been given authority over this real enemy. Can I tell you, we should never pray from a position of being this little peon under the enemy's control. Oh, God, rescue me if you can, please. We're not a peon under the enemy's control. We have authority over him. We need to pray as someone who understands that authority. Pray from that place and position of authority and victory. Jesus gave his authority to those who believe. That's what the word tells us. Numerous times throughout the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples. Who were the disciples? They were his followers, right? That includes us, all right? So he told us that we have authority over demons, over evil and unclean spirits. In Luke 10, 19, he says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's given us authority over um, how much of the power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy. Wait. Who has authority over all the power of the enemy? We do. Everybody say, I do. I do. That's right. And then, after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to the disciples again. And just before he ascended to heaven, his last words to his disciples found in Mark 16, verses 17 and 18 say, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. 
They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This authority was given to anyone who believes. Authority over every form of evil. Maybe you are in this place tonight and you never knew that you had authority over the enemy, that you had authority over all of his power. You do. We need to have that revelation tonight and that confident assurance that Jesus has given us authority over the enemy. What if we left here tonight and... and uh, what if we all walked out into the street and we saw that there was rioting in the street out here? And things began to escalate and violence started breaking out. And there were police lining the sides of the street, but they were just walking, meandering, not paying any attention, totally indifferent to what was happening. Never exercising their authority. What would happen? Evil would flourish. People would be harmed. Chaos and destruction would prevail, right? Sometimes chaos and destruction prevail in our lives. Sometimes, as a result, people even get hurt because we refuse to take the authority that has already been given to us. Ladies, we've got to stop just sitting back and saying, well, whatever's going to happen will happen. Que sera, sera. What does that mean? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> but you get the point. <laughs> Sometimes we can become so passive. We can't afford to be passive. We have got to recognize that authority has been given to us. And then fourthly, we need to realize that not only has authority been given to us, but it's up to us to strategically use that authority. Look at Ephesians 4 and verse 27. It says, well, actually, you don't have to turn there because I'm just reading part of the verse, and I don't think it's even on the screens. Okay, never mind. I'm just talking to myself right now. Okay. <laughs> Give no place to the devil. The Apostle Paul is telling us this. He's telling us because he starts out this passage, let each of you. Give no place to the devil. And then... That's in Ephesians 4. And then in Ephesians 6, he continues on to talk about the armor of God. You see, God has given us armor to fight in battle because we are in a battle, okay? He's given us armor, but he doesn't put it on us. He's given it to us, but he doesn't put it on for us. And in this passage in Ephesians 6, talking about the armor of God, you is really the understood subject of these verses. So if we were to look at verses 10 and 11, we could read them like this. You be strong in the Lord. 
You put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, it's our job to use the authority that's already been given to us. Satan is strategic in the way he comes against us. He knows what we're going to be susceptible to. He knows what's going to offend us. He knows how to push our buttons. Are we strategic in the way we come against him? Are you strategic in the way you fight the enemy? We need to have an effective strategy against the enemy. And we're going to see how we can do that. First of all, there in Ephesians 6, right after it talks about the armor, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So put on the armor and then pray. That's what it's for. We need to be women who will not just put it on and then, oh, don't I look nice? Oh, it's shiny. <laughs> no. <laughs> then we go to battle in prayer. Once we put on our armor, our job is to pray. We fight the spiritual battles that we're in through prayer. 1 John 5 and verse 14, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If you've ever wondered, is God really hearing me? If you are praying according to his will, he hears you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Not only does he hear us, but when we pray according to his will, he answers those prayers. So, how do we know if we're praying according to his will? The second part of this strategy is found in verse 17, and it's the last piece of the armor. And if you'll notice, all the pieces of the armor, we're not going to take time to go through them tonight, but all of them are defensive pieces of armor except for the last one, which is the sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if we want to be praying the will of God, then we need to be praying the Word of God. What did Jesus use as his strategy against the enemy when he was in the wilderness and the enemy came to tempt him in the wilderness? Every single time the enemy tempted him, Jesus responded with the word of God. If it was good enough to be Jesus' strategy, it should be our strategy as well, wouldn't you say? John 1.1 tells us that Jesus and the word are one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And when we pray according to the Word of God, we are praying the will of God. And we're speaking the very power of God into our circumstances. That Word will not return void. Whatever promise you've been holding on to, whatever you're clinging to in God's Word, don't stop. Don't stop holding on to it. Don't stop clinging to it. What God has said is true, and it will be fulfilled in your life. Just keep holding on. Keep fighting. Keep praying. 
Keep holding that promise, standing on God's word. And the third part of this strategy, remember earlier we read in Mark 16, 17, where Jesus said, in my name they will cast out demons. We have been given the name of Jesus. We need to pray in the power of the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 it tells us that the Father has given Jesus the name which is above every name, that all must bow to the name of Jesus. Our authority is in the name of Jesus. Ladies, prayer is an effective strategy against the enemy. When we pray the word of God, when we pray in the power of the name of Jesus, it is effective against the enemy, and it will run the enemy out of our lives. Prayer is where we access the victory that has already been given to us through Christ. James 5.16 says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I love the way that verse reads in the Amplified. It says the earnest, heartfelt, continued Prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Girls, through this study, we are going to become women who have effective, fervent prayer lives. We're going to run the enemy out of our lives, out of our families, out of our homes. And we're going to walk in victory more than ever before. Anybody want that? Awesome. And through this study, we're going to be talking about 10 major areas in which the enemy really tries to mess with us as women. And for each of those areas, we're going to discover what the Word of God says. And we're going to start praying those scriptures, what the word says over our lives, over those specific areas of our lives. And then as we pray over each of those areas, we're also going to learn something that she talks about in this book, of using the word pray as an acronym. We're going to learn the power of using that acronym pray that stands for starting with praise. Coming to God with a heart of repentance and then asking very specifically for our requests and then saying yes, coming into agreement with the promises of God. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. How many are ready to say yes to all of God's promises for your life? Yeah? I believe that. I believe this is a room full of women who are ready to run the enemy out of their lives. Refuse to let him bring sabotage into your lives any longer. I believe this is a room full of women who are willing to fight by getting serious 
and specific and strategic in prayer. And I believe this is a room full of women who are going to see God answer prayer like never before. We are going to see the miracle working power of God in our lives. And I am confident by the end of this series, we are going to have such incredible testimonies of answered prayer. I don't know what it is that you are in need of, what it is that you are believing God for right now, what the cry of your heart is. But I do believe that when we bring those things to God in prayer, when we stand up to the enemy and say, no more, no more, God hears and God answers and we will see him do the miraculous in our lives. Whatever it is you're believing him for, get ready. Get ready because God's going to show up. And you know what? We are going to stand together through this series. We are going to pray for each other. We are going to support each other. And we together, as a sisterhood, are going to see God's power in our lives. I want us to pray tonight. And you know, I want us to stop before we do and just think about something that we started with tonight. When I asked you to just take an evaluation of the current condition of your prayer life, an honest evaluation. And whatever the state of your prayer life is like currently, whatever it has looked like recently, let's bring that to God and let's present it to him. And maybe you need to take a moment in your own heart and say, God, forgive me for being complacent. Forgive me for maybe not being as, as fervent as I could be. But we give it to him. We don't pick up any condemnation. We give it to him. We repent. And then let's make a declaration in our own hearts to let him know that we're going to rise up and we're going to refuse to let the enemy sabotage our prayer lives anymore. We're going to start to walk in the authority that's been given to us. So as I lead us in prayer, would you make that prayer in your own hearts tonight? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And God, we just thank you. We praise you, God, for the privilege that it is to come boldly to your throne of grace in prayer. God, that we can come to you, that we can bring our needs to you, that we can pray in the authority of the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus. We can stand on the word, on your promises, which are true. God, thank you for that. We're so grateful, and we don't take that lightly, and we don't take it for granted. And Father, right now, God, we just bring our prayer lives to you. And God, we don't even have to tell you what they've looked like because you know. You know exactly the condition of our recent prayer lives. Father, forgive us for where we've been a little dry, lacking. Forgive us where we've been a little lethargic or complacent. God, right now, we make a decision in our hearts that we're not going to leave them in that condition. 
that we're going to rise up as your daughters who have been given authority over the enemy. And we're going to start taking that authority. We're going to start praying more fervently than ever, praying your word over each area of our life. Praying in the power of the name of Jesus, which is above every name. And Father, we are going to pray, not just on our own for ourselves. We are going to pray for each other. We are going to pray for our families. God, we are going to stand in faith with each other. And we anticipate and expect your miracle working power. God, we expect answered prayer. That's your promise to us. When we pray according to your will, you hear and you answer. So God, we expect answered prayer. And we lift our hands to you right now in this place and we give you praise in advance for the answers that you are bringing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you that you hear and you answer our prayers, God. Thank you that we can have a confident expectation that you are at work, that you hear, and that you answer. We praise you and we thank you for that, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, we're so expectant. Father, as we launch into this series and we step forward into a deeper connection with you in prayer. God, I thank you that our lives will grow deeper with you in relationship. God, draw us, all of your daughters, closer to you. May we be strengthened in you like never before, God. And Father, I anticipate that by the end of this that our relationships with you will be so much stronger. God, we just ask you to come and invade and do all that you desire to do. We thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name. And ladies, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are still closed, maybe you're here in this place tonight. And maybe you didn't even know that God has answers, has provision for you, has blessings he wants to pour into your life. Maybe you didn't know that he's given you authority on this earth, that he longs to have relationship with you and see his power at work in your life. I want you to know tonight that his arms are wide open to you. And he is just saying, come, let tonight be the starting point that we can start afresh and start a relationship. He longs to have relationship with you. He didn't create us to do life on our own. He wants to walk out every single day with us. And tonight, if you want to say, I want a relationship with Jesus, my creator, my God, all you have to do is say a prayer. The Bible tells us that it's through our words that we come into relationship with him. We surrender our life to him and we ask him to be the Lord of our lives. And we're all going to pray together in this place in just a moment. And as we all pray this prayer together, if you want to start a relationship with God tonight, I want to ask you to wrap your heart around these words as we all pray together.
I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I ask you to come and be the Lord of my life. I stop trying to do life on my own. I want to live for you and with you. So be the Lord of my life. I choose to walk with you from this day forward. Help me to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you made that commitment in your heart tonight, we just want to welcome you into God's family, into the sisterhood of believers. Can we welcome women into God's family tonight?